You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. All right, Behind the Mask. Uh, if I sound different, that's because we're in studio. We are all face-to-face with each other, and we're not on a computer screen. And so we get the better mics, we get to look each other in the face. Uh, I get to look Cam in the face and tell, my, telling, uh, tell him that I'm beating him in fantasy hockey. Uh, and we have a lot of hockey to talk about. Uh, this is going to be behind the mask for the ages. Not only are we back for the first time since early March. Um, we have a couple of series to preview and we have an episode that will probably be well over an hour. So I'm looking at you in the, I'm looking, uh, looking at you guys in the face. How are we feeling? I'm doing fantastic. I love being back in the studio. Um, I love that call out about, uh, you beating Cam in fantasy hockey, even though, um, you also lost to Team Robert Thomas is elite last week. So, uh, just just throwing that out there. I, I beat him last week. So, save it, bro. I'm I'm feeling so good today. This is when I signed up to be on the hockey beat. This is what I imagined in a podcast room with the boys talking hockey. None of that online stuff, which isn't that bad. But you know, I prefer being in person so much more. This studio that we're in, it's it's really, really nice. And hopefully we all sound amazing and immaculate today. But I'm I'm just in such a great mood. And uh yeah, let's get this podcast rolling, boys. Cam, how you doing? Yeah, so you know, no more computer audio for me. I'm so happy about that. And as Hetty did point out, he is currently beating me by sixteen points on fantasy, but he is going up against the number one team in the Western conference right now in uh Ben There Done That. So hopefully I don't drop another loss, but, you know, we'll see what happens. That's only funny if you give the spelling of the name, like Jamie Benn. They don't know that. Yeah, yeah well, so B-E-N-N. Well, he's he's out right now with a lower body injury, but if he's back in tomorrow, I'm telling you, the Red Wings, we're, we're in, in, for a, in for a reckoning, especially with our taxi squad. I mean, the, the Red Wings won their last uh, uh, matchup against Tampa Bay. Did Dallas? <laughs> You know, that's a oh little bit God. Okay, the that's first... a little bit of a cheap shot right there. Um, because we literally didn't have let's see, Blake Como, Rope Hints, Tyler Sagan was playing with a torn labrum, and I don't think any of us on this podcast could do that. I so, just hear excuses. Yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna say what uh the greatest coach of last season said. You have to be lucky and oh shoot, what did he say? <laughs> You have, to be, you have to be healthy and lucky, and we were neither. So that's what Rick Bonus said. So. I think someone's just a little salty still from 2019. Yeah, you don't you don't get a ring for making excuses. You get one for winning games. Okay, okay, yeah. I don't I don't care. And also, nobody likes the Blues. I'm just saying, Pat nobody, Maroon has a ring. It's true. Pat Maroon now has two rings, two years in a row. You're nobody's main rival. Nobody likes the Blues. <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. <laughs> so you're, you're a formality. Watch Chicago. Watch Chicago. Uh, Red Wings. Oh, well, no. Wings took that They're, one. Well, this year, maybe. This year. Yeah. All right. Well, nobody came here to hear us complain about our fancy hockey teams. And another reason this episode's big is because we're implementing a new segment. Uh, segment. That's right. I'm sitting in the host chair. I'm using that privilege. Uh, I've waited three years to sit in this chair, and I'm going to enjoy it. So uh, we're going to do the first ever Behind the Mask mailbag, unless there was one done uh, years before I got here. In which case, don't blame me. I didn't know. But yeah, we have a lot of Big Ten hockey to talk about. Uh, right now, Michigan State currently sits six at they sit at six, eight, and two after the this past series with Ohio State, which we'll get into soon. Uh, and a little bit of uh, podcast information news: uh, we are going to be taking a slight break after this week. We're going to be previewing the Wisconsin series this weekend, 
and the game of Michigan against Michigan State on February 9th. And after that, we'll record on the 10th and release another one on February 11th. So right now it is January 27th. We're taking a little bit of, uh, of a break because Michigan State hockey takes a break and we kind of go along with them. Uh, so, yeah, we look into the standings of the Big Ten and um, tr- uh, who is currently ranked. Right now, ranked teams uh, in the Big Ten, Min- uh, Minnesota's four, which is weird because they just put up 20 in two games. It, it happens. Yeah. It happens. It's it's still Minnesota, I think. I mean, there's plenty of time to move up, but you put up you put up a football score and you don't move. Who is on the top right I now? I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check ten nothing, ten to two. Yeah. I mean, scoregami. If you're into that, that so. is a scoregami. Oh, uh, fun little tidbit. Uh, Minnesota waited 17 years to put up ten goals in a single game, and they did they did it in back to back games. Oh my goodness, that should be illegal. Dropping ten in back to back games like Arizona State. Oh man, I feel bad for them. I bet that goal with coaches. His job security is not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So, yeah, uh, Minnesota's four. Michigan is eight. Wisconsin's 13, who uh, both those teams we'll talk about in a second. Uh, Notre Dame and Penn State have receiving votes. Uh, we look at the current Big Ten standings. Minnesota sits at the top with 27. Michigan uh, behind them, 23. Wisconsin with 22. Notre Dame with 18. Penn State with 17. Ohio State with 16. Michigan State with 15. So three points separate the bottom four of the Big Ten. So this is still anybody's conference to get home ice in the Big Ten tournament. So, I mean, nothing real else to say that. Uh, there's a lot of games left to be played, and it's a really tight race, just like last year, just how we expected. We didn't expect anyone to really pull away, uh, even though I, I don't think anyone here uh, predicted Minnesota would oh, go hey, on this kind I, of a tangent. I'm pretty sure Jacob and I preseason said Minnesota would atop the Big Ten. Was yeah, that, I, think we, was I think it was it was between us. I think we predicted Minnesota. They both predicted Michigan. Yeah, and yeah, I, but... I just knew that Minnesota was going to be so good because because I knew that and um, totally not a guess. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. Yeah, but uh, I didn't make my, I didn't make that prediction, so I'm not gonna acknowledge it. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> yet, yet you say that. Yet you're in the bottom of our pick'em standings. Okay, we'll get to that later. But we'll get to that later. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just 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 remember who else picked Minnesota and where does he sit right now? Yes, it balances out. Exactly. Everything's perfect. Exactly. Like, we yeah, also have Minnesota our biggest pick'em before. segment of the year. That is true. Uh, of the current season so far. This uh, later in this episode. Six uh, six games to pick from, settle like usual three or four. Uh, but I mean, the mailbags are newest segment, and I think we're all equally excited for that. I think that's the one we're all looking forward to. I'm only speaking for myself, but I think everyone else is looking forward to the mailbags. We got a couple of fun ones, uh, and I want to say thank you to everyone who reached out and gave a uh, gave a question, whether it was text or Twitter or whatever. Yeah, that's good. Uh, thank you. Guys. Yeah. So I don't know if this is going to be a recurring segment. Um, or. One type of segment. Either way, we'll see how this uh, goes over. We'll see if we get more questions, but might as well just jump into it. So we are going to start off with the man who got us in the studio in the first place, the man who ran Cam and my broadcast for the first game, Eric Bach. Uh, what do you guys think is behind the offensive struggles so far? Jacob Stinson. Honestly, I still think it's a lack of just being able to do anything in the offensive zone and i think that mostly stems from the ability to win 50 50 battles and sustain any kind of pressure at all because every time i've watched them most of the time when they try getting the puck when they dump the puck into the zone it most of those possessions just end in with they'll dump it in um and then it'll be a 50 50 battle for the puck msu loses said battle puck goes back the other way joy Dreder makes another save rinse repeat and that's kind of been that's kind of been it. It's just they're not able to establish any sort of sustained pressure in the offensive zone, and that's why their shot total, shot on goal totals all year have been abysmal. And I think that's kind of 
really been the main thing leading to why they yeah they're not good on offense this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you basically summed it up by saying, and yeah, they basically they just don't hold on to the puck in the offensive zone. Like they get it and they just don't hold on to it, and that like that's what makes Minnesota so good is because when you get when they get the puck, they don't give it up. That's why they're so good. And if Michigan State can do that, they have the defense and the uh, the goaltending to back that up. So yeah, thank you, Jacob. Okay. Uh, next one, we move on to Joe Dandron. Uh, the man who got me started at Impact, the man who got who gave me my spot on the beat in the first place, so of course we had to include it. Uh, can MSU still make a push in the standings, and are they any good? Uh, this is a man who probably has not watched a single second of Michigan State hockey this year, so we're going to give him a good answer. Uh, Ryan Radosevich. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you talking to I ever watched Michigan State hockey? No, no, no. Oh, I, I know man. you have. I, I, like, I would hope you have. Wait a second. Here. Uh, otherwise, we're going to have to talk. pump the brakes, but uh, the answer to that question is, can MSU still make still push up in the standings and are they any good uh my short answer no and no but since i'm on a podcast i gotta explain that a little bit better um it all consists on one thing and that is consistency michigan state has not been a consistent team through any series throughout this whole entire year and because of that you've seen against michigan a 9-0 scoreline and then the next game is three to two it's it's just wild how inconsistent they're inconsistently or they're consistently inconsistent. Somebody said that. I'm pretty sure Jacob said that. I stole that from you, but I had to say that. But it's just without consistency, they're not going to put a series sweep together and they're not going to look good series in, series out. So I don't think they could, but I would love to see them do it. So let's see. It makes our job more fun. But so yeah, Joe, to answer your question, uh, can MSU make a push in the standings? Uh, absolutely. This is still tight enough where they could. And. This weekend alone, they can take six points, which would propel them to fourth in the Big Ten. So it is still anybody's conference. Are they any good? Uh, yes. When they give Drew DeRitter goal support, they are a very good hockey team. Yes. That's what I'll is, say about that. Has not happened much. <laughs> yeah. Hit the nail on the head. Thank you, Cam. Good hand gestures. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so Sam Squire, State News, also Michigan State hockey reporter, so he knows his stuff. Uh, who is one player you'd like to see step up the rest of the season or someone you think could serve as an X factor in this team's success the rest of the way? I'm not going to lie. This is my favorite question, but I'll let Jacob answer first. All right. I picked A.J. Hodges. Um, the only reason I'm ha- I say I want him to step up, it's hard to do much worse than what he's done, which is just not being on the ice at all. I really don't know why. None of us here, this has been a recurring joke, is why is A.J. Hodges not playing? Because uh, none of us can figure it out. But... Even he's only played eleven games this year, uh, and sat like the last like what we say six games I think, um, but he's well, he's back in. Yeah, he's back yeah. in now. But like he's so now that he's back in the lineup. We kind of wanted to see you know actually have him do something more so. Like he's been, uh, like he fires a lot of shots on goal. I think he might actually still okay. No, he's not lead the team, but he's way up there in terms of shots on goal. Despite it only playing in eleven games, he's got twenty six shots on goal. So he he fires him at the net. And that's a good thing for an MSU team that wants to actually do something on the offensive end. Um, he's only got two points on the year, so I want to see him like work on actually converting a little more. But um, I think he's got potential when he's on the ice; he can make an impact. Oh, absolutely! I mean, he's a D one. He's a D one player who puts pucks on that eventually. So I'm going to go in. Um, so for my, I think my answer for here has to be uh, Nico Mueller. Like if if you look at the past twenty years in the NHL, the recipe for Stanley Cup winning teams are a hot goaltender, a strong blue line, and center depth. Michigan State is the first two; they don't have the last one. So Nico Mueller, Josh Nader is a sophomore, and he's playing like a senior right now. But after that, they have they, they've shuffled the lines a lot, and I I believe Mueller 
I believe in the game uh, in game one this past Ohio State series. Didn't Nico Mueller have the uh, line one center? I believe he did. He did. So, yes, yeah. he did. So indeed, he's he's showing upside. It, it's just he's got to put the points behind that. But if he get he if he gets points going and he keeps playing like the flashes he's shown, I think this team's in in a good spot. What game? Yeah, but I was gonna say that first line was like non-existent in game one. That's true. If we'll I get... remember, because I did not, I didn't, I remember correctly, I did not say Nico Mueller's name a lot in that game. <laughs> no, you didn't, and we'll get to that later. <laughs> Come on, you're stealing my thunder. <laughs> I thought that was only a Zoom thing. Uh, all right, so next up, Nathan Stearns, the man that edits that edits most of our recaps, and I think he's done every one of my articles this year. Uh, no, that's not true. Trent's done a couple. Sorry, Trent, if you're listening. Uh, but yeah, Nathan Stearns asks, based on what you've seen so far, which current freshman uh, players are in the best position to replace the production of Lewandowski, Miller, and APAP once they graduate? Uh, Cam McLaren. Yeah, so this was my favorite question because I've harped on this kid uh, for pretty much most of the year on this podcast, and that is Kyle Haskins. Um, okay. Um, he's just... He's a baller on that fourth line. He's playing on that fourth line, but he literally has played, I want to say, the pa- uh, four out of the past six periods on the second or first line for Michigan State because of what he's been doing on the ice, and that's literally him fighting for loose puck battles. He's got some of the freshest skating legs on the team, especially late in games and late in periods. And right now he has the most points among freshmen for Michigan State, and I think that him still being paired next year with uh Goodser and Matson who are st- who are juniors right now so that senior line combination would be a nice second line next year for Dan Cole's squad but yeah it's going to be for me Kyle Haskins he sh- he's pretty much proved the most this year I don't even know if we can give net, like like lines numbers anymore like with how much this lineup moves you can't even really say a second line anymore well that I mean was... the thing is is at the beginning of the season it was the Goodser Matson Haskins line that had Michigan State's most points in the first six games. That's true. Like, they were on fire. And mm-hmm. it was Haskins who was basically setting up everybody. And then Matson had most of the shots. He still has most of the shots on that fourth line, especially, like, with the downward point production um, in the past couple of games. But he's they, they've all been shuffled around, which is really kind of like they kind of lost that mojo that they had in the first couple of games. But, I mean, Cole puts them back together um in that game two and game two against ohio state but i mean i would like to see them together more often i didn't really like it when they were mixed or whenever they were shuffled around because honestly haskins just basically puts all the speed in on that line and he's the guy that goes in and fights for those loose pucks so that's where your offensive zone like production comes from is winning those loose loose puck battles like jacob said but that that that's why i like that fourth line like i said that fourth line is that Good sir, Matson Haskins line has been Michigan State's best line all year, and I will defend that. Most consistent for sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it fits uh, Danton Cole, liked his uh, theory of how he wants to fed, uh, set up his lines. He, was, uh, he said he usually wants two goal scorers on a tough guy, if I recall correctly. It's been a couple months, give me a break. Uh, moving on, uh, Stephen Hahn, uh, which player from last season's freshman class has made the most notable jump in, in performance, and who of the three do you think will have the most impact in future seasons? Uh, Ryan, jumping back to you. I basically am going to copycat what I said. I'm pretty sure last podcast I harped on Nodler, but Josh Nodler's made such an impactful jump. He's pretty much the the lone lone center that's been consistent, that's been moving the puck well in the offensive zone, creating offense by himself. Last year, he only had three goals and five assists in 36 games played. This year, he already has two goals, seven assists in 16 games played, I'm pretty sure. 
but he's he's taken the most notable step forward taking that uh first line center position and he's he's done pretty well in my opinion i'm gonna be very happy to see what he does in his jump to his junior year and hopefully his senior year if he's staying all those years but josh now they're by far taking a huge step from his freshman year oh absolutely uh, uh we, we're seeing this year why he was taking the nhl draft and on and if his progression continues like you said uh, then calgary got an absolute steal in the fifth round and if he, if he keeps progressing he's going to make some impact and honestly, I, I don't think I can make it out. I, I agree with another point, but I think I have to make a counterpoint because it's a podcast. We need to make points. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Uh, I think I'll jump back on the Nico Muir, who I've actually, I believe I was harping on last time I was in this room. Uh, like his upside, like he, he's, his IQ is up there. He's just got to adapt to the North American game better. So I think if he does that, he will be that number two signer this team needs. Mm-hmm. And consistency too with him. Like, and like Cam said, he's just kind of invisible some games and other games you'll actually see them so yeah that's true um jumping on uh sarah tedwell who full disclosure tried to flip me from impact state news but i'm still here so Mm. stay strong stay strong stay strong (laughs) uh do you expect any seniors to play another year msu with their extra year of eligibility if so who might that be and why cam jumping back to you yeah, so this one was a little bit of a tough one because, not going to lie, everybody on this Michigan State team has had a really off year. Um, don't really know why. Um, and I, I haven't really looked into most of the extra year of eligibility. I remember that being a huge thing back in April. Um, so that's, what, ten or nine months from where we are nine months ago. Um, but for me, uh, it would probably be Gianluca Estevez. If, if that does happen, um, it's really not been a good year for him. I have his stats pulled up right in front of me. And, I mean, stats aren't everything, but he's got eight shots in 12 games. He's the only forward in, that has played more than 10 games that has fewer than 10 shots. Everybody else is in the 20. I mean, Christoph Papp is the only other one. He's at 15, but everybody else is around 20. And, it, I mean, he's got – two points this year but he's just it's it's been an off year for pretty much everybody but i think it's been a pretty bad year for him so if if anybody's pretty much going to take a stranglehold of that extra year of eligibility i'd say it's estevez get another year under your belt you know make yourself look a little bit better for you know nhl free agency and see what happens i like that uh i do have to disclose that i think he's better than a stat sheet shows i think he's one of the best position to players on this team but you're right like well for like your production gets you a contract that's just what it is yeah and i mean like i said before i even said is you know stats are stats aren't pretty much everything it's just been positionally yes he's one of the best players and he's a very versatile player and cole's basically he hasn't really said that but you can see it in the line charge he'll he's He'll move up and down that lineup on that left or right hand side, whichever one they prefer. But it's just he's not really putting anything much on net. He's more of just kind of in there, causing a little bit of disruption, not really doing much on the off on the offensive side. No, you're right. I, th- I think I think he would be a better fit for another year. Uh, uh, if I had to go with one, I'd probably say Tommy Miller. Uh, I think his game's improved a lot defensively, and that, uh, that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But I think it's been something that kind of really cements this team, especially on uh, special teams. And now, probably our most fun question we've had asked. Uh, Ian Gilmore asked, who is the most likely to have bought GameStop stock? Uh, for, any, for those of you who don't know, a lot, a lot of people bought stock in GameStop to try to bankrupt the rich people that try to take advantage of all that stuff. And so it kind of backfired and screwed over the rich people. 
So, and it was, it was kind of coordinated through Reddit. So basically he's asking who is the most likely person to be on finance Reddit? Um, for me, I mean, it's really hard to like, you know, <laughs> take an answer and get some intel on this, but I'm just picking according to sources, the smartest player on the team, Adam Goodsir, who knows he might've been on Reddit and reading some stuff and who knows, he might, may have gotten some GameStop stock there. It's Jagger Joshua. And I'm Period. telling you this for a fact. Because there's there's no way that that man's is not on Reddit in his free time. To me, all like to me, all I think he really does is, you know, d- do his homework. You got to be a good student, and I think the Spartans hockey GPA has improved over the past couple of years. I think the last time I saw it was like, th- I f- I don't know the exact numbers, but I thought it, they said it was like one of the highest in program history. Yeah. So you know, good for them. You know, academics are everything. But I also think he just goes to the gym and also is on Reddit. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to make a little bit of an extra buck on the side. Okay. If we're talking about people that look like they would spend their free time on Reddit, I mean, you can't not mention Charlie Combs. I think it's it's kind of just, it's kind of a gut feeling really. But like, I mean, you know, he does not look like he's a college D1 hockey player. I mean, you know, he's five foot six, 181. Like he's not, he does not look like anything like a professional athlete really. That's backhanded. <gasps> what? I'm just, how many five six players do you know in the NHL? <laughs> we're, we're gonna, you can't hit desk on a podcast. I'm sorry. Rocco Grimaldi? You if, just can't. If MSU, if the players from MSU listen to this podcast, we might have some people coming to our apartments over the next couple of days because we're low key playing playing some the, roast. We're going off looks. It's kind of a roast, but like, <laughs> it's kind it's nothing more than just like a gut feeling. I was, I I just kind of also took the opportunity to rip on uh, on on five six people. Five six players. Thank Martin, you for transferring Martin here, Charlie Louis? Combs. We love you. Martin St. Louis? Rocco Grimaldi? Like, Goudreau's okay. small, right? I mean, there's I so just many. Every... Goudreau, I think, is literally 5'8". He's 5'10". He is 5'10"? He's 5'10". What? Okay. He's not 13. Um, Wait, maybe he's number 13. 13. Well, <laughs> he, he may look 13. <laughs> but yeah, you can't, like, there's been many good yes, NHL they, I'm, players I'm that they, are. I'm just saying they exist, but, like. You know, if you look at just a normal five six person, you you your first thought is not this guy is five foot six. He should be in the NHL right now. That's never your first thought. Ah, Goudreau's five foot nine. Oops. Okay. Yep. You're right. Hattie. Well, we were in between. I said eight, and he said ten. So well, smart minds think somewhat different, but equal the same thing when added and then divided by two. Okay, that was yep. Just somebody else start talking. No hate <laughs> intended. Just, I just want to disclaim: no hate intended towards all my short kings out there. Um, just just know, I don't have anything actually against five six people. It was kind of just, I don't know. He's on a D one top line. You're choking your picks away. <laughs> um, who's still in the lead? Yeah, for, for now, you 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 were a really big lead, and that's gotten really short. And Cam, you get a high five and stop hitting desks. I'll try my best. You better come over there. Come through the plexigla- uh, plexiglass. Ooh. All right. So that was our mailbag segment. Make of it what you will. Uh, but we're gonna move on. What's oh. your pick? Oh, uh, Dennis Azada. Dennis Azada. He just looks like he just looks like a Warzone guy, and Warzone guys spend time on Reddit. So I'm just putting two, two and two together. Uh, together. That's a smart right. pick. Very educated. I like that. Thank you. So yeah, Dennis Azada. Uh, congrats on your money. All right. Uh, as I was saying before, that's the end. Uh, that's the end of our mailbag. Woo. That was fun. Might do that again. That was good. Yeah, we should, thank we you should. for the questions. I appreciate it. Guys. I'll try not Everybody to slander any uh, any short people anymore. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, anyone who feel, any Spartan hockey players who feel slandered uh, on this podcast, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I will have you on. You can deal with Jacob. 
Yeah, that would be amazing. I welcome it. I welcome it. He's a Blues fan. Just let him go. <laughs> he just wants to be a D1 hockey player, I think. I think that's a good smart I think strategy. we all want to be D1 hockey players. Well, he Charlie wants to Co- meet one. Charlie oh. Combs is, act, is also from St. Louis. I don't I don't see the issue here. Charlie oh. Combs and I can talk about the Blues. Yes, I don't rip on him. I mean, it's all it's all love. It's all love. I only have love for my St. Louis people. That didn't sound like it. Let's have you and Matt Jacob and Charlie Combs doing some breakaway shots. Huh? Yeah. That's, okay. That's what I want to see. I'm down. Let's Save one out of 20. Let's, let's, let's it. make let's, it happen. Let's, let's make it happen. Let's, let's get his touch. I'm, I will reach out to Jeff this weekend. You think I won't. <laughs> let's make this happen. Let's All make right. this happen. All right. Uh, so, moving on to stuff that occurred on the ice and not on Reddit. Uh, so, we have to re- uh, uh, review Ohio State. Uh, so, in game one, uh, Cam and I had the live call. Thanks again, Eric Bach, for doing that game. Cam, you did marvelous in the play-by-play. Thanks to anyone who listened to that one. Uh, but the product on the ice, if you're a Michigan State fan, was not what you uh, hope were hoping for. Uh, Michigan State surrendered 56 shots on net, and they only got 22 on net. And I, Cam, uh, Ryan, I believe you had a tidbit about shots on net that game. Yeah, uh, there was a 34-shot difference in that game. And in the second period alone, Ohio State had 26 shots. And like Patty said, MSU had 22. So one period, they were outshot through the whole entire game. So that's... That's not that good, according to my sources. Nope. Not a winning recipe. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Michigan State loses 5-1. to one. DeRitter had 51 saves in the, in the loss, which is something you can't say very often. Michigan State had 22 shots. Uh, Ohio State basically opened the third with three rapid goals that were just so fast you really didn't even see any of them coming. Well, well yeah, we'll get uh, off Tam. Tam talked that later because he called those goals. And he did it uh, pretty well, I must say. Uh, so, I mean, Cam, what did you see game one? That I mean, yeah, pretty much what did you see in game one? Yeah, so it was pretty much mu- it was much of the same for Michigan State, honestly. Um, Jagger Joshua's third goal of the season was kind of a f- it was a weird like fluky goal, kind of takes a a weird shot pass off the off the uh, end boards, goes right to his stick, and he's able to put one past um, Napier. But that third period, the Spartans really came out flat footed, and it cost them early as you know Ohio State came in three goals in under two minutes including one to the Michigan native, I think it was uh, Guzzo. I think Guzzo, the mm-hmm. Michigan native. Guzzo. Yeah, his first goal of the, his Buckeye career. Um, I forgot who else scored. It, it just seemed like the numbers were just flashing in front of me as I was calling it. But yeah. I'm pretty sure when Guzzo scored that goal, they showed like a close-up on him, and, and he literally looked like he took the monkey off his back. Like He grabbed behind his neck and then – just like kind of threw it so that was i don't know that was kind of something i just want to throw in there yeah and it was they were pretty much blown out of the water like immediately in that third period and there really wasn't much fight left in them after they surrendered those three goals and i mean de ritter he wasn't shaken he was more or less just angry at himself because there were uh two pucks or there was at least one one that just went straight by him the other one kind of took a deflection i mean you almost got right in i mean you almost almost got to think that he was just tired at that point yeah, I mean, 51, 51 saves, 56 shots. I mean, that's not his career best. His career best last thing I knew, um, I think it's 52 saves. And whenever he was a – he's a junior now, so a freshman uh, back in 2019 against Wisconsin. Uh, just looked that up. But, I mean, if you're facing 56 shots, you're going to be you're gonna be tired. So, I mean, he there was really nothing much he could have done, especially with that shot disparity between the first two periods. He had – Little to no chance. No, he didn't. Uh, and his team just gave him no hope. And so overall, game one was just not Michigan State's day, and it was Ohio State's day. Jacob, anything to add? Um, no, just generally, it's it's hard to win a game when you allow 56 shots on net, um, and you only put up 22 the other way. 
just as a general rule, you're not going to win many games like that. And that's kind of, that's, it just speaks to the same thing that we've all kind of been harping on all year with MSU is just the fact that they can't get shots on net. And they just kind of rely on Drew Ritter to try and carry them to wins. And it doesn't work that often. Uh, Nice segue, because in Game 2, Drew DeRitter did carry them to a win. Uh, Michigan State wins Game 2 with a 2 nothing shutout. DeRitter had a 28-save shutout, his second this season, and second of his career, I believe. Uh, Brody Stevens had the first goal, and he had assist on the second goal. Uh, honestly, much less happened in that second game. That's basically what it was. Michigan State capitalized, and they just hung on for the 2 nothing win. Uh, Ohio State's deep, like offense just—I mean, Michigan State just tightened down defensively, positionally. And I think they just played a more sound positionally game, and they just found themselves the win. And then DeRitter came up with 28 saves. I mean, not really to toot my own horn here, but I'm totally going to toot it. Uh, last pod, when I when we did the uh, Michigan State will win if segment, I said Michigan State will win if they return to the game that they had in the beginning of the season when they were winning a lot of faceoffs, getting a lot more shots on net, and winning in both of those columns. They did that. They won shots and faceoffs in that second game. They gave offensive help to DeRitter, and their defense was looking very solid. They looked like the team that I've wanted them to be consistently throughout the year, and because of that, they got a 2-0 win. So there you go. Yeah, and you talk about shots and you talk about face-offs, but I think I mentioned it during the broadcast uh, in Game 1 is Michigan State being held under 30 shots for their pass. I think, what was it? It was nine games at that point at the end. Michigan State gets 35 shots. It's the first time they've done it, and I'm kind of scrolling through some stats. If I'm correct, the last time that they had more than 30 shots in a game was the the 4-2 to loss against Minnesota, and that was December 4th. They've gone, what is it, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 10 games without having more than 30 shots, and after starting the season against you know Arizona State and Ohio State putting up 40-plus in each of those contests, they went just cold it was a it was a cold snap that just lasted the entire month but i mean good for them getting up to 35 shots have you considered going into a career as a statistician uh no that is not my thing but i like to be prepared you were just you you pull stats that i just cannot believe i respect it i have it written down too it's in my pad folio he does his work good man it's true he does gotta give him credit As he just bumps the mic. As he bumps the mic. After after he hits the table. Come on. (laughs) Not a good time. Uh, I'm not for two today. (laughs) That's okay. My anxiety is just flaring right now because the the recording, like the TV on the recorder turned off. It's like it's just it's just moving. No, I mean I I mean it's still recording. I think we're good. It's just kind of terrifying me. Oh well. Maybe this is just a really long test. Uh so yeah, Jacob, two nothing win. What'd you think? Um like Cam kind of touched on, good things happen when you get shots on goal. That's kind of really, that's all there. Because like we've said, uh, you know, you can only, not that often can you rely on Drew Ritter to single-handedly carry you to a win. Like, they they did a little bit better minimizing the shots. Granted, it's hard to get worse than 56 shots, but Ohio State only had 28 in game two. Um, so, you know, actually able to be putting shots on net and actually winning the shooting battle, especially, uh, if you can win that shooting battle, your chances to win go up astronomically, when, especially when you have a defense and a goalie like Drew DeRitter. So that's kind of it, really. Just when you put pucks on net, good things happen. Yeah, that's about it. Michigan State pull. I mean, after after letting up fifty shots, uh, fifty six shots in game one, Michigan State comes out with a split. So not the worst uh, idea. Uh, not not the worst result you could have had. 
Uh, and now we're going to preview this upcoming we, this upcoming weekend series against Wisconsin uh, and the single game against Michigan on February 9th because well we deserve a day we deserve uh, some time off. Uh, we're all in school. We need time to work and just frankly, yeah. Uh, so we're going to preview two series here. First up this weekend against Wisconsin. Um, I've harped about Cole Caulfield all year, and I finally get to see him play against Michigan State so I can talk about him. Uh, right now, Cole Caulfield has played 16 games. In those 16 games, he is second nationally in points with 21, third in goals with 10, and tied fourth in power play goals with four. These are all, Those are all national ranks. Yeah, and not big time, yeah. <laughs> so, Drew Drew is going to face his toughest test yet, just like from a single-player standpoint. Uh, but Wisconsin as a team right now, 3.56 goals per game. That's 14th nationally. Uh, ninth best power play in the country, 24.5. I think Michigan State sat at 6.8 last time I had the numbers after game two. We'll get to that later. Uh, and in their last four games, they are 3-1. and one. They swept Arizona State in this past weekend. They split against Penn State. Um, so how, how do we want to do this? Do you want to – yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stop at Wisconsin. We'll get to Michigan later. Uh, so what are you guys looking at? And then we'll get to the blank wins if. Oh, they did split against Ohio State, by the way, their last series. Just want to put that out there. But Wisconsin, I I kind of grouped the Big Ten in two separate or two separate categories now. I guess I put Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, all of them. They're they're on the top. They're going to stay up there. It's pretty much the fight for the fourth spot with the rest of the Big Ten teams. And being said, that being said. I think Wisconsin has finally earned the spot to say they are one of the top three teams in the Big Ten. They, I think they're going to stay there. They have the talent. They just didn't put together, didn't put it together last season, but this season they're putting it together very well. Like Heidi said in the last four games, they're three and one. They've been looking a lot better, and ever since the second half of the season started, it looked like a team that could uh, prove themselves again against Minnesota, against Michigan. So for this series, it's it's going to be. The offense of Wisconsin against the defense of Michigan State and Drew DeRitter. So watch that matchup because it should be an interesting matchup. And with Michigan State being able to somewhat subdue higher offenses, they've been able to hold Minnesota, I think, to three and four goals in that series. And then Michigan, other than the 9-0 game, they held them to two. So like I said, Wisconsin offense versus Michigan State defense. Let's see what they do. I'm not going to lie. I do not like this matchup on paper for Michigan State. Um, this Wisconsin offense is potent. Obviously, we got Cole Caulfield on that team. They, you have a lot of guys that can put the puck in the net for you. I, I'm looking at their previous scores now. Last time they've never been shut out this year, but the last time that they only scored one goal in a game was November 29th against Arizona State. This is a team that has kind of proven now, especially recently, winning three of the last four, five of the last seven. Um, you cannot keep this team off the board no matter what you do. So the only way to really win um, against them is to do what they did in their last game against Penn State uh, and try putting pucks up the other way in the back of the net. And that's not something that Michigan State has proven that they can do with any sort of consistency whatsoever. So, yeah, I do not. I personally do not like this matchup on paper for MSU at all. I got to go first now. You guys keep stealing my stuff. Uh, I, I finally bring a stat to compete with Cam here. And you take it out of my mouth. Uh, 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 Wisconsin has scored three or more goals in seven straight games now. So, I mean, you're not keeping them off the board. You just kind of got to keep up. Yeah, and that stat does include them putting up three goals on Jack LaFontaine against Minnesota. So, if you're if you're taking a look at this, like Jacob said, this this is a statistically nightmarish 
um, matchup for the Spartans just because of what Wisconsin was able to do against top teams in the Big Ten. Um, you look at it, they two lo- or two games lost to Michigan early season. Early season struggles pretty much happened to ev- most teams. Um, and then picking up a split against Minnesota, which we all said that we weren't going to bet against Minnesota until they gave us reason not to. And I think that was a series that that weekend that happened where, you know, Wisconsin comes out and takes a steal of a game one against Minnesota. But honestly, I still believe that Michigan State's defensive game is a lot different than what the Badgers have probably seen all year just because of how when the Spartan when the Spartan forwards are on their on the top of their games which they've shown bits and pieces of that you know you get blown out nine nothing against Michigan come back for a three two victory a gritty victory and that when they're on their back check is great their defense their defenseman play lights out and then Drew DeRitter stands on his head like he has been all season I I think this is a it's a good matchup to see how Wisconsin's going to be able to favor against Michigan State's defensive game, even though that that has been pretty shoddy lately, especially, you know, some people are having good games, some people aren't, and, you know, they have to flip that switch on immediately game one because Wisconsin's going to come out flying. You you know it. They are. Excellent analysis as always, Cam. Uh, so, might as well move into the blank wins if segment. So, uh, we'll start with Wisconsin side. Uh, Wisconsin wins if Jacob, if they win the shooting battle, if they put more, if the Spartans put more shots on goal than Wisconsin, they will win. But I mean, that's a big if. That's the thing. That's a very big if. This is a team once again. You cannot keep them off the board. If you put the pucks on net though, and you actually give yourself a chance to try and keep up on offense, you put yourself in a position to win. All of their losses right now, with the exception of like one game. All, let's see, like the last game they lost, they like gave up five. And the same, same with their last loss before that. So if you can actually find the back of the net with some consistency and keep putting pucks on net, you put yourself in a position to win. Other than that, I don't really like it. Once again, it's a big if. But, but could happen. It's possible. So for me, Wisconsin wins if they have consistency in the goalie position. You look at their senior starter, Robbie Baydoon. He hasn't had the best season. He's uh, five or six starting games, 3.2 goals against average with a .907 save percentage. So not the best of numbers. Sure, it's in, they've had most of the matchups, or they've had more matchups against Michigan and Minnesota than more other teams. But Baydoon hasn't looked the best, hasn't looked like the starting goalie they would want from a senior. So they've been going to Cameron Rowe who's a freshman and he's three and one in the last four games. And he's done pretty good, except for he got pulled against pulled in his last game, but we're not going to talk about that. I think he looked pretty good in those games. So look for him to get the start in the first game. And if, if he does good, the first game, he'll play the second game and just good goaltending by Wisconsin will allow them to win the series. All right. Easy enough. And then we're still doing Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin wins if yes, we are. Okay, so for me, it's if they score three or more. Like you said, seven straight games. They've won all those games, I'm pretty sure. And they've scored three straight and all that. Um, Spartans have really shown that they can keep teams under three goals. Um, they Especially like, especially in the first two periods. Third period scoring has been a little bit different, a different statistic lately. But 
I'm just like kind of looking historically and like right now Michigan State's won the last six meetings f- with a four one on one record and they've shut out Wisconsin twice in those games. Two out of those six games. And I mean they've held let's see only one game or two games two out of those six Wisconsin scored more than three goals and yeah last last year was a different Wisconsin team very. um very different Wisconsin team and they've you know they've all matured they've actually finally figured out how to string a bunch of firecrackers together and light up scoreboards but i mean like i said statistics don't mean much but you know if Wisconsin puts up three or more the Spartans will probably be dead in the water all right i like that I'm going to go with Wisconsin wins if they win the neutral zone. Uh, we saw a lot a lot against Ohio State. Michigan State had trouble getting into the zone. Uh, Ohio State backed into a trap. Michigan State eventually would pass to a winger, and the winger, winger would either dump it or pass back to the defense because they didn't have a lane. So if Wisconsin can just sit tight and don't let and just like play a strong trap, Michigan State's going to have trouble on the offense, and if Michigan State has trouble on the offense, they can't keep up with uh, Wisconsin. Simple as that. All right, other side of the other, other yeah, other side of the matchup. Uh, Michigan State will win if Jacob. Um, Michigan State will win if um, yeah. Did I say this? I, I might have actually went out of order here. Um, I said if they win the shooting battle, right? Am I, am I doing this wrong? You may, you may have said that. Uh, I might have. Yeah, I think I went out of order. I think I went out of order for Wisconsin. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I I'm I actually went out of order. I think so. I'm just gonna. Uh, Pretend that didn't happen. Just give a quick recap of both. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State will win if they win the shooting battle. Uh, Wisconsin will win if they literally don't change anything and just keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> that's, that's fair. simple <laughs> enough, yeah. It's I mean, that's pretty much good. it. It works. Uh, for me, I think MSU wins if they get consistent deep play. You look at this team, I, I said this a couple minutes ago, but it's basically Wisconsin offense versus Michigan State defense. Michigan State's defense has to be consistent in this game. It's their shining point on the team. You can't I, – I would love to say I want to see Michigan State's offense do good, but I know I can't rely on saying that and saying this in the Michigan State wins if. So I'm going for the defense. It's the best point or best team on the team, I guess, offense team, defense team, whatever. It's the best part of the team. So that has to pull through for them to win a couple games here. All right. And then for me, Michigan State's going to win this series if they get point-scoring defensemen. Not going to lie, Dennis Asana hasn't had the best of years, but he still has the, he's joint team lead in points with Josh Nodler. And as, you know, all of us on the podcast have seen in the past two weeks, defensemen have really insta, insta, er, uh, instigated. Yeah, pretty much instigated the Spartan offense, whether it's from their own zone or... Or in the offensive zone, whether it's shot passes off the boards that find Jaeger Joshua right in front, or Nash House smartly lofting the puck off the boards right to Nodler against Penn State for uh, Michigan State's only goal in that 3-1 defeat, I'm pretty sure. Or it might have been that 3-2 overtime loss. Doesn't really matter. Um, but for the Spartans, you're going to want to get your defenseman involved in on the rush. And if you don't capitalize, you're going to get burned. That that's what's going to happen against Wisconsin is if Dennis Asana, who's looked dangerous, he's a man on a mission recently, especially spearheading that the Spartan power play. He's going to want to jump in on the rush. And if they don't capitalize on that, they're going to get burned and it's not going to go well. DeRitter will probably be facing a lot of two on two on ones, three on ones, and maybe occasional two on no if somebody slips and falls. But yeah, if point scoring defenseman that that's that's my reasoning. 
All right. Uh, I just realized I had a brain fart. I said instigated, and I think you mean initiated. Yeah. So that's on me. That's it. Right. Minus one for Kyle. Um, so I think Michigan State wins if they go over 30% on the power play. If you're going to keep up with Wisconsin, you got to make the most of your opportunities. And right now, Michigan State's power play sits at 6.8. So, not good. Although, I must say, in that second game, their power play did look better. One for three. 30% is one for three. That's all they need to do. And like That's I said, point-scoring yeah. defenseman. It's, exactly. Sas- it's Sasana, I'm telling you. And I'm going to piggyback also on, on, on that as well. Uh, in the Like, this has gone the same through all like throughout the history of hockey. Uh, whenever you play a team that likes to that like when you, when you play a really fast team that likes to score a lot, how do you stop them? You hit them. That's just kind of what it is. Joshua, let's go. No, no, you'll need one. He hits. You'll need more than that. <laughs> you'll need to hit the whole entire team. Man. You're gonna. No, need, you do. Gonna need Mueller. Mueller's gonna step up in that department. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna need someone to step up. And this this team this team's small. They're fast and they like to run and gun. But if but they cannot skate if they're on their butt. That is true. Very true. That's not even analysis. That's just basic human nature. This is going to be like <laughs> D3, the Mighty Ducks. You know, you think of it, you know, where they. Ha- You've never seen D3? No. Okay, so at the end, right? If if you have seen it. So I'm going to make this point here. You know, high, you know, fast teams, teams that like to skate, you know, the Ducks, especially like in the middle of the movie when they're playing, the, the freshmen are playing the varsity team, right? And the varsity team just hits them. That's Michigan State. If they're gonna want to, if they're gonna win this game, they're literally just gonna have to be like the Eden Hall Warriors, the the varsity team, and just lay them, Got lay them down. So, ball. Right. That's my pop culture reference for the podcast. Right. I enjoyed it. It was an extensive preview. I'm enjoying that. Get really in depth here. <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. How, let's see how well they fare, how well we fare in the picks, knowing our stuff. But before we get there, we have to preview the Michigan game. Uh, uh, Michigan State will play one game uh, in Ann Arbor against Michigan on the 9th. Uh, and single game, not a series. I believe that game's a Tuesday. And I think we'll record the day after that. On February, yeah, February 9th is Tuesday. 10th is the Wednesday. We'll record on the 10th and release a podcast on the 11th. That's the, that's the plan. Uh, yeah, so that's the plan there. We'll get to that later in the picks. But uh, right now, uh, Michigan... Right, don't edit that. Don't you backspace that? I'm reading oh, that. Oh, oh, sorry. I just I'm going through tabs here. I didn't even know I was. Well, oh, oh, yeah. You scared me. Looked like you're going to delete my stats. <laughs> I, I switched the tab and I highlighted that phone. No, my bad, my bad. All right, so yeah. Um, uh, both teams split last series. Michigan won nine one the first game. I mean, nine nine nothing the first game, and then they and Michigan State won three to two the next night in East Lansing. Uh, Michigan is actually uh, five and one in their last six, and their only loss is that three to two loss. So, since then, they have not lost. So, I'm sure uh, Wolverine's been circling this date. Uh, players to watch, your usual people, Cam York, Thomas Bordalo, Kent Johnson. Uh, Bordalo and Johnson are both tied for sixth in the nation in points with 18. Uh, I think Bordalo's played 14 or 12 games, and Kent Johnson's played 16. So, either way, they like to score. Uh, and uh, the, the Michigan has the third best power play in the country right now at 28.3%. When you look at the weapons they have on it, you just you see why. So I'm honestly, Michigan State's going to play basically the same team three uh, three games in a row. They're going to play a team that likes to be fast and they like to run and gun, not a team like Notre Dame that's going to stay with them and play one nothing game. Uh, Michigan is sixth in the country in goals against per game, so better defensively than Wisconsin, and they're sitting at a two point zero six mark. So what are we looking for in the single Michigan game, assuming it, it gets played because Michigan has COVID issues. Well, for this game, 
it's luckily Michigan State is coming off a series against Wisconsin, and you kind of look at the two teams and you can compare them. So that that's got something going in the Michigan State direction there, which is pretty nice. But it's this game's scary because Michigan State in game ones has not been good. They the only win in the season in game ones they've had was an overtime win November twenty eighth against OSU. Yeah, that is that is true. They are one OT win, six losses, and one tie in game ones. So be, that being said, since this is, I mean, technically a game one and there's no game two, it doesn't look good for Michigan State. And the fact that Michigan State, it's, I've talked about this a couple times, Mel Pearson coach teams for some odd reason in the second half of the season, they just, they go on a heater. Mm-hmm. You, you were experiencing that now, like you said, five and one last season. I think they, I God, I can't even remember. They won like, 10 out of 12 or something, if I had to guess. But it's the second half of the season. Michigan is turning up the Jets. So I'm scared for Michigan State in the series. And uh, hopefully Michigan State's defense can uh, subdue them here. What's up, Cam? I will raise you your 1-5-1 and one yes. in game ones mm-hmm. of a Big Ten opening series and raise you the Spartans went undefeated on Tuesdays last year. <laughs> they were 1-0. and since this game is played on a Tuesday, I you and guys the Spartans are historically good, <laughs> the past two years, I'm going to quote this, Spartans, on Tuesdays. Spartans going up on a Tuesday? I guess so. There we go. You need a hobby. <laughs> Actually, no, I just, I what I need is for the person who makes the media guides for Michigan State to get a pay raise. No, that should be you. No, because I, that, that's where all my stats come from. So thank you to whoever makes that media guide, and thank you to College Hockey News. Good it should man. be you. Like, I, I can't find this information online. Oh, I just know where to look. Yeah, I know. You're handpicking. I wish there was like a concise document. I, I need more camera corners in the world. You see, that's why that's why I was telling you on like the uh, the broadcast against Ohio State that mm. you know DeRitter had 52 saves against Wisconsin in 2019 because it's right there. I just showed up look pretty in good color. I can see Cam's computer right now, and he's got like a zillion tabs open. So yeah, why I, is that? I see um, he's got the split screen. He's got let's see, yeah, like about seven tabs per page. Yeah, so. but five of those tabs I, are I for do. classes. Yeah, he was also he was also oh, setting shoot. his fancy hockey lineup uh, before the podcast, and then there's just no point. I'm he's just gonna keep scoring. Man. I was gonna no, say you could also compare that to my computer. I currently have six tabs open right now, and one of them is my fantasy team right now. <laughs> wow, come on, guy. We're on the MSU Hockey Podcast. I don't even have a fancy tab open. That's not even on my mindset. I'm on. MSU I was adjusting things like before the game, before the podcast. See, I have two. You see what my tabs are? I, I, how to I make mean, a cheese sauce? I really can't on my, read them. on my tab. I have our document and PowerPoint okay. numbers up for, for national because not because you know I actually care about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so wait. yeah, Jacob, you got um, yes, yeah, yeah, Jacob. yeah, for sure. Um, see, the thing is, I never know what to make of these uh, Michigan versus MSU series. Because everything, all the stats really kind of can get thrown out the window. Like, we all kind of, like, most people, I think, predicted uh, the first time they played in the full series with the 9-0 loss and then the 3-2. I think that kind of tells you everything you need to know. I think most people predicted a Michigan sweep here. Not me, but that's another story. But, um, yeah, it's you never know what to, what to expect. All you really know is that both teams are going to bring their A game all the time in these series. And so I think it really that kind of just everything gets thrown out the window in that regard. All that you can bring in all the analytics and everything you want, but like, yes, Cam's throwing his hands up, as I mentioned, stats. But you can bring in everything you want, but the, the truth is these teams historically are very evenly matched when they play each other for some reason. And so it's going to be 
yeah, I never know what to make of it. I think Michigan's definitely the better team on paper, but like any... rivalries throw things out the window. Exactly. And isn't this the oldest rivalry in college hockey? I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm, per- very, I'm 99% sure it is. Sounds sounds accurate to me. I never want to promise because I then I sound stupid, but I'm very I'm, I'm almost no. certain. So yeah, yeah, you throw things out in a rivalry game, it, everything changes. Um, so yes, Cam. Yeah, and I think the last time these two teams played, I made the recognition of like whoever's record it was when scoring first. It could have been this series, or it might have been like Notre Dame or whatever. But yeah, this is another one of those game, another one of those games or series, if you call one game series, um, where you could take your stats sheet, you could take your book, you could light and you know go light it on fire, throw it off of a building. Don't litter. You've all people. But well, I'm just saying it's a, like you said, it's a rivalry game. I mean, you, we saw all of us on this podcast saw what happened: the atrocity of a nine nothing defeat followed up by a three to two victory with two goals in the final five of the third period. Again, coming from point scoring defensemen. But, I mean, that's just I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. So, well, then I guess we'll move on to blank wins if. So we'll start on the Michigan end of things. Jacob Stinson, Michigan wins if. They score first. That's kind of it. Everything else, like I said, just it's just you throw it out the window. That's pretty much it. It's just it's a complete coin flip at this point in these series. I think Michigan's definitely still the better team on paper, but once again, any given Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. So yeah, because that's, that's when college hockey gets played. Uh, Ryan. Same thing as Jacob. If U of M scores first, they win. And to add on that, not just to copy paste here, to add on that, Michigan is eight and zero scoring first this season. So that's a that's a pretty daunting little stat right there. Kim, you got some competition. There's some stats being brought. It's not just you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I was doing my geography homework before this, so I couldn't really get on my stats. You know, my stats fiend or whatever my fix for the for the week. But um, yeah, I think Michigan will win this game. If they don't trip coming out of the opening tum- tunnel, wow! Whenever so they come like, off the ice, yeah. Wow. So I so think like, if they don't trip, if one of them does, if one of them trips, yeah, they're in for a long <laughs> night. But if they step foot on the ice, I think Michigan will win this. So game. essentially, show up. Yeah. All right. No, no, no. You're the, saying so, like all we all Michigan State has to do to win is trip a Michigan player. Put, put, yeah, put, put, put the tape. Yeah, put tape on the bottom. Nice. Tape on the bottom of the. Yeah, just sneak into the locker room. Just sneak I mean, into the locker room. Put I a little tape on the bottom of the skate. For the mm-hmm. MSU team, here I'll I'll sneak into Mun and do that. I mean, win fair. That's all it takes. According to Cam, let's well, let's do it. You mean you'll sneak into Yoast? Yeah, it's at Yoast. preparation. Oh gosh, that's gonna be a little bit harder then. I mean, it's cheeky, but no. I I I like covering nice fair college hockey, unlike you guys. Okay, fine. You want my fine? I'll get. I'll give a real. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Michigan's Michigan will win this game if they score at least two in the second period. All right. Period, just... period of the long change. Michigan State has not really had, I believe, a good scoring differential in the second period, as given to me by the Penn State Nittany Lions media guide two weeks ago. Um, second second period's basically notorious in NHL and in college games because period of the long change and it's just you know you flip the ice essentially so yeah two or more in the second period they'll be off and cruising all right michigan wins if michigan state takes four or more penalties that power play is too good to give them four or more chances simple as that all right jacob stinson michigan state will win if they stay out of the penalty box kind of big back going for that if they can just literally not take penalties and not shoot themselves in the foot i think they have a very good chance of winning 
Uh, Michigan State wins if, same thing as I said for pretty much the Wisconsin series, if their defense shines. They need a good defense, and if they come up strong here, they could pull this game. Michigan State wins if they have defenseman scoring. That's what won them the game last last time they played Michigan. You know, Cole Krieger ties the game. And the two assists on Josh Nodler's first goal of the year, surprisingly, he went on a small tear <laughs> after that. Uh, Christian Krieger, Dennis Sasana get the f- primary and secondary assists on that goal. So defenseman scoring. All right. Uh, Michigan State wins if they establish physicality. Michigan, they just there's a lot of guys in that team that like to stick hand and do way too much, and they put their head down a little too much. You put them on their butt, and then all of a sudden they're scared to touch the puck. If you win physicality, make them t- uh, scared to touch the puck. You're in a good shape. So now we will really test uh, our limits, and we'll see. We'll put our money where our mouth is because we are headed to the Pickums uh, for the week of January 27th to February 3rd. Uh, right now, Jacob's still leading, but not by as much as he sh- uh, thinks he does. Uh, Jacob has 16. Cam and I are tied for, uh, no, Jacob has 18. 18. Put some respect on it. Just, <laughs> come on. First one back. Give us some slack. Uh, Jacob has 18. Uh, Cam and myself have 16, and Ryan is two points behind us with 14. So, much like the Big Ten standing, this is still anybody's game. So, Jacob, you could still very much come in last. Just keep that in mind. Okay. This, Cam, just, no. You can't fist pump yet. You're not winning yet. But, uh, yeah, let's jump into it. All right, Notre Dame versus Penn State this weekend. Who wants to start? I'll start because I'm, I'm in the lead, so I'll, I'll lead off. Yeah, say it while you can. <laughs> um, you said it all season, unfortunately. I was going to say, when have I not said it? But um, I got a split. I got a 1-1 split. Um, neither team has really shown me all that much consistency, so I don't really have a reason to pick one over the other. But one set I did find was interesting. Um, Notre Dame on the season has an 8-8-8 save percentage. Not good. Uh, and Penn State has the advantage of they like to fire the puck on net a lot. As I think Cam and I mentioned uh, when we were broadcasting the Penn State game, I think Penn State averages just shy of like 40 shots a game, something like that. So they the Nittany Lions like to get the puck on net a lot. So that's not going to match up well against Notre Dame this year. But I, I still gut feeling going with the split. For me, I'm picking Notre Dame. Something that you said, Jacob, that was actually very crucial to this pick was the .888 save percentage. Notre Dame, I think, is a sneaky good team that people don't really realize. I think they have a lot of talent on the offense. They just, I guess, haven't really put it together. But for Notre Dame, they just got to have a goalie produce consistently. That's it. That's all they got to do. Once they get that, they get wins. So I think that might happen in the series, picking the Notre Dame sweep. I originally had this as a split. Um, it's going to be a battle of first period scoring. Both of these teams, whenever they score in the first period, have historically very good um, records. Of course, that could also be said for you know scoring first just in general. Um, Notre Dame has played up and down to their competition this year. Um, they've taken a couple of games away from Minnesota, a couple games from Michigan before getting um swept last week um i i don't really know what to make of this series again it's two evenly matched teams penn state's on a tear right now but i think notre dame will step it up i got the fighting irish in a sweep all right uh i think we just hit the hour mark so i'll keep this short and sweet uh penn state is at home uh hockey valley is not easy to win and they put it 40 shot the game give me a penn state sweep i want points from you guys I'm not mad at that pick. I'm not mad at that pick. 
Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't trust either goalie. And I'll just trust the team that shoots, uh, shoots the puck more. Yeah, Pagula is a fortress right now. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's go to what's probably the easiest pick of this entire pick. Um, number four, Minnesota tra- heads to Columbus to pick Ohio State. I'll keep everything sweet. Uh, Minnesota just scored 20 last weekend. Give me Minnesota in the sweep. Minnesota good, Ohio State not that good. Minnesota sweep. Thank Easy you. enough. Uh, ditto. Okay. I, I fourth this motion. Okay. Sweet. We should we should have more like that. <laughs> All right. Um. So Michigan State uh, heads to Madison to put, take on number thirteen Wisconsin. Jacob, I got a Wisconsin sweep. Uh, like I said, I do not have faith in the Spartans in this matchup. I for all the reasons I previewed on paper earlier. Just Wisconsin offense very good. Michigan State offense not that good. Uh, you can't allow or you can't really count on Drew DeRitter alone to deliver you wins and that's kind of what they've been doing I got Wisconsin this week I have a split here it's basically going to be Wisconsin's offense versus Michigan State's defense and you've seen Drew DeRitter steal a game series here series there so I think you could do it again give me the split this is a very important series and a very important juncture in the season for the Spartans and we've kind of been saying that on this podcast for the past like two or three weeks um this is one of this is one of those teams that they could have gotten maybe six points out of if that series did not get rescheduled um in from december but i do believe this should go an even one one split i think both spartans need to take both games if they want any shot at third place in the big 10 which i believe is a sweet spot but I don't think they'll be able to pull both games. Uh, fair. Michigan State is four and four at home, two four and one on the road. They're playing the best player. They're they're playing the best player in Division One hockey in Cole Caulfield. Give me Wisconsin. Uh, yes, I'm just gonna graze past that. <laughs> um, Penn State at Michigan. The game is postponed for now, so we're just gonna skip over that one. I did have in the picks originally, but things change. Uh, so moving on. Uh, so the singular game, Michigan State versus Michigan, uh, February 9th uh, in Ann Arbor. Give me one pick. I got Michigan. That's they're the better team on paper. We've already established this. I just there's a lot of things that could go wrong. I think it'll be a closer game. Um, but yeah, Michigan State. Or, I mean Michigan. Sorry, Michigan. Since it's a game one, and Michigan State is not good at game ones this season, give me the Wolverines. I just changed my pick again. Uh, I originally had Michigan. If this game is played, that's an if, because uh, as of right now, Michigan Athletics will uh, start coming back on the 7th of February. That'll be two days before a game that the Wolverines will have to practice. They're laid off essentially for 14 days. They can't practice. So, you know, that team is very good in terms of chemistry or whatever right now, but... I think given the fact that they're going to be quarantined for a while and if that if this game is played they're going to have a little bit much a little bit of a slower slower legs to start which will favor the Spartans if they can actually come out of the gates so I've got Michigan State. All right. Um I'm tied with you in points and I'm not sure if I mentioned this but I'm, I intended to make this one game worth 2 points just to spice things up. Oh wow. Ooh. So you could oh. t- that that could be a mm, big little God. swig. Okay. Yeah, as of right now, you picked all splits. So you're going straight for all the twos. No, I, I picked. Yeah, I picked all sweeps. Or I mean, all sweeps. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I'm not. I'm not stopping yet. 
Ooh. So yeah, give me Michigan. So we have Michigan. Uh, we have Michigan for Jacob, Ryan, and I, and Cam picked Michigan State, uh, and try to get points from me, which we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, when I pick when I pick Michigan win the Big Ten, uh, I pictured a big second half run, so I'm gonna bank on that. Still, I'll die on this hill. All right, last pick em of the first in person podcast. Uh, it's 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 a doozy too. Uh, number thirteen, Wisconsin heads to Minnesota to play the Golden Gophers on the big rink. Jacob Stinson. I got a split. Um, this is actually going to be a very good game to watch. This is like probably the game to watch of the Big Ten right now. Two very potent offenses going head to head with each other. Um, I got a split only for the reason of partially gut feeling, but like, I mean, Wisconsin has shown that they can actually beat some very good teams before. And so if you can just actually keep up without, or yeah, so it's just going to be both, you know. It's basically like two high-speed trains crashing into each other at this point. It's just, you know, who's going to be able to put up more points? I think what each team is going to get one on each other. Fair enough. In this series, I'm going to actually go with the Wisconsin sweep. A little bit interesting, but, I mean, like Jacob said, they're evenly matched up. I think Minnesota's kind of fallen down to earth after their amazing start. So I'd say Wisconsin can... Full sweep here, and hopefully they can. So give me two points, Wisconsin. Let's go. Cam, hold that thought. Uh, I need more justification on Ryan picking a team that just scored 20. Well, okay. So, I mean, we've seen... uh, Okay, so... Are you just trying to steal points? You could say that, too. Yes, but I think think Wisconsin have shown they prove themselves a little bit more. Okay. And I think ASU is just not where they were at the beginning of the season, which was, I would say, like, you know, maybe fourth or fifth in the Big Ten. Now, if they were in the Big Ten, I would say they might be at bottom underneath Michigan State. So, yeah, I just get some points, and I think Wisconsin fares better with them at this point in the season. I mean, yeah, Wisconsin did uh, did have no problem scoring on LaFontaine the first series around, but that was in Madison on their smaller rink, which I believe their club team plays on. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Cam, go ahead. Yeah, so everybody's pointing out a high-powered offense in Minnesota, but they've actually kept that under control most of the season before the 10-goal outbursts bursts in both games, putting up 20 on Arizona State. I don't think they scored more than five in a game until that point in time. I could be completely wrong, but they've also been holding opposing offenses to, I think, less than two goals in a majority of their games. And to me... Um, it spells trouble when LaFontaine is playing out of his mind most of the time. And a com- like a coming-to-reality moment would suit the Golden Gophers perfectly. You can't win them all, but every now and then when you play bad and another team can exploit your weaknesses, it really puts things into perspective. So I think Minnesota is just going to go out there and put as many pucks behind. Their- they're going to tickle twine as much as they can, and they're basically going to hold – this high-flying Badger offense to under three goals in both games. All right. Um, I've been wearing a USA Hockey hoodie this entire time, and Cole Caulfield's gold medalist, so it hurts me to pick against my golden pony boy. But I do have a Minnesota in a sweep because they just scored 20, and I'm not betting against them. Yeah. Don't shake your head at me. It's no, I nice. like it's a shaking a head in agreement because putting <laughs> up 20 is it's pretty good. It's scary. It's pretty good. Yeah. I wish Red Wings could. They're they're gonna score two goals in this whole next series just because they they scored so many goals in this last series. Just watch I don't, it happen. <laughs> I don't think goal scoring for Minnesota is gonna run out. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. It's no, like it's like energy from the but... sun right now. 
Yeah, Are you it, saying Minnesota players do photosynthesis? Yes. A hundred percent. Makes sense. Well, I mean, I mean, it's kind of winter in Minnesota, and there's probably not much sun. Then how'd they get all that sun to get those 20 goals, my guy? Tanning beds. Ooh, yeah. okay. This I is the that. kind of key in-depth analysis that you yes. come for here at Behind the Mask. I see. I see. That's a good point that you, that you say there, Cam. I, I agree. What, that's why they you made tanning put, beds. You could put the players in the tanning beds, and they probably put the charge up to whatever the heck the dial goes to, and then boom, 20 the, goals. Those kids eat, sleep, and breathe hockey in the state of hockey. Okay. I'm telling you, this is... You get the wild suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes things very much better for the West Division. I'll say that. Just three Come wins on. for the West Division. Don't... I'm just mad. They lost my parlay last night, but I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Legal that, betting That's going to bring me back to like just one up. last point. Yeah. I would not have known how to celebrate if Hiroshi would have assisted on that goal or like that almost goal with like two minutes remaining in that Stars Red Wings game last night. Because I was like, it's good for Michigan State player to do well. But it's also against my stars. Like I don't, I wouldn't. I I literally had that thought in my head as Hiroshi's winding up for the shot pass to I forgot who it was in front, and then Hudobin makes two unreal like Kazakhstanian scorpion like saves. Ooh, Kazakhstanian scorpion like saves. I took that saves. from somebody. You are aware oh. <laughs> that the stars are one hit wonder. They're not going back there, right? You can just enjoy that. Like you can just enjoy Spartan mm, back, success. Lots back of to hot the, takes. The Spartans are the on. stars. Uh, no, the stars. Stars are one hit wonder. Throw the blues, by the way. That's unrelated, though. Luckily, uh, you guys are on opposite side of the table because I might have to break up a fight here in a second. <laughs> hey, you can't argue facts. I'm just glad we didn't start one seven and one again. I mean, if we can go on another fourteen out of fifteen tear, I would be loving life right now because my fantasy team would be doing ecstatic. But they're not. They're down by fifteen, by the way. Just yeah, want to remind you that. Oh, I know. Tisadino's disciples. Scoreboard. Actually, scoreboard. <laughs> Actually, they're down by 16. 16.3, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, for now. That'll, that'll, that'll grow. But yeah. uh, that's all we have here today. We've been here well over an hour. Oh, Ryan, yes. Ryan, what time just you the clock? Uh, right now, we're at an hour six, but I think I was like five minutes late, so we're probably past an hour ten at this point. My heavens. I did I did predict over an hour. But, I mean, you know, we, we, it's our first, first time. First in, in yeah. person. Hey, first, first in person. A lot of hockey Mailbag talk. was good. good. I liked it. Mailbag was good. We're going to do that again. Yeah, thank oh, yeah, you. For thank sure. you for everybody that submitted a question. I will try not to slander anybody next time. I want to I'll issue one more apology to Charlie Combs. I'll give my parents yeah, a should. call. I'll let them ask some questions. No, I, not, not, I think we're going to start doing weekly. So reach out to everyone. Anyone who's listening right now, you're, all, you're welcome to send in any hockey questions you want. That could yeah. be NHL. I mean, let's focus on college, but you could put on NHL too. But let's just keep it in a mailbag. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. For sure. Um, I think we can all agree that in person is better than Zoom. And yeah, so as I stated earlier, we're going to take a little break. I believe our next episode will drop on Thursday, February 11th. That is after Michigan State has played Wisconsin and their one game uh, in Ann Arbor on the 9th. So, um, yeah. On behalf of Jacob Cam, Ryan, and myself, stay tuned for coverage uh, for more Michigan State stuff, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening.